Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Bismillah walhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Amma ba'd All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Welcome to each and every one of you to our second lesson with regards to our series on the ten companions that were guaranteed Jannah, known as the Ashura wa Mubashara. The ten companions that were given glad tidings of Jannah. And tonight, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, we will be looking at the first of these companions. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa when he mentioned this, he mentioned Abu Bakr radiyallahu an as the first. And he said, Abu Bakr fil Jannah. And Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is most certainly the truthful, As-Siddiq. Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is the most virtuous, the most beloved, and the closest of the companions to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he guided this ummah after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we will see a bit later. Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he was that companion that shared the hijrah with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we will discuss a bit later. Abu Bakr radiyallahu an was that companion that he was the comrade of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it was Abu Bakr radiyallahu an that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went on the Isra and the Mi'raj and when he returned the Quraysh they went to Abu Bakr radiyallahu an and they told Abu Bakr radiyallahu an that we think that your sahib and your friend that he has lost it that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is losing it, O Abu Bakr. And they explain that this is the claim that he made that he went on the Isra and the Mi'raj. Abu Bakr radiallahu an without speaking to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, without listening to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's version, he told the Quraysh that if he said this, then this is the truth. This is just an introduction to Abu Bakr radiallahu an. So what was Abu Bakr radiallahu an's name? Was his name Abu Bakr? And the answer is no. His name was Abdullah. The son of Abu Quhafa whose name was Uthman ibn Amir ibn Amr ibn Ka'b ibn Sa'id 
Ibn Taym, Ibn Murrah. So Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is Abdullah ibn Abu Kuhafa ibn Uthman ibn Amir ibn Amr ibn Ka'b ibn Sa'id ibn Taym ibn Murra. It is also suggested that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an that his name was first Abdul Ka'ba which later the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam changed to Abdullah. So here we find also that Abu Bakr radiallahu an's father is Kunya was Abu Kuhafa and his father's name was Uthman. His mother was Umm al-Khair. So her Kunya was Um Al-Khair. Her name was Salma bint Sakhr ibn Amir ibn Ka'b ibn Sa'd ibn Taym ibn Murra. With regards to the birth of Abu Bakr and there are a few different views regarding the birth of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu. The preferred view is that he was born three years after the year of the elephant. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born in the year of the elephant and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was born three years after the year of the elephant. There's a strong link, a strong family connection between Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this we can see in the lineage that we just discussed that Abu Bakr radiallahu an his ancestry meets with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam both from Abu Bakr radiallahu an's mother's side and from his father's side and the common ancestor being Murrah. So this you will find in the lineage, Murrah you find in the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you find Murrah in the lineage of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, both from his father's side and from his mother's side. Abu Bakr radiallahu an, his kunya, in English this is known as an agnomen. So Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he was known as As-Siddiq and he was known as Abu Bakr. So the ulama, they put it together and they came with Abu Bakr As-Siddiq. That Abu Bakr is taken from the word Bakr, which refers to a young camel, implying that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he appeared youthful amongst the people. And As-Siddiq, the truthful one. And many of the ulama, they say that he was known as As-Siddiq. He was known as the truthful one because he believed that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he made the hijrah, I mean, afwan, that he made the isra and the mi'raj without Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam telling him this. And the next important point we want to look at is some of the titles of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. 
The first title is Al-Atiq, the Emancipated. And many of the ulama, they say that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he was behind the freeing and the buying out of many of the slaves. One of them being Bilal radiyallahu an, and many others. The second title given to Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is As-Siddiq, is the truthful one. And we mentioned this at the start. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he came back from his journey of the Isra and the Mi'raj, he told the Quraysh, <laughs> the Quraysh, they said, have you gone crazy? Have you lost it, O Messenger of Allah? Have you lost it, Muhammad? Peace be upon him. And when they came to Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, they explained this whole incident to him. And they said that we think your friend, your sahib, your prophet, we think he has lost it. And wallahi Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, and this shows you, this shows us, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the love and the compassion and the belief that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an had in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was a Rasulullah. This was the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he believed this without even getting this message from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The third title, he was known as As-Sahib. And we will discuss this a bit later. But As-Sahib, the companion. Why? Because he accompanied Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where? In the cave. And how did they get to the cave? On what journey was this? This was on the journey of the Hijrah. As we will look at a bit later. The fourth title. Khalifatu. Khalifa. Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was known as the successor, the vicegerent of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we will discuss a bit later as well. What was the physical appearance of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiyallahu an? How did he look? Was he tall? Was he short? Was he well built? Was he a bit fat? We need to know this. Not in the sense that we can differentiate between one companion and the next companion and this one was stronger and that. No. But like how we would like to have a picture in our minds of who the companions were. How did they look? <clears throat> what was their appearance? Secondly, we would also want to know their appearance, wanting to know how they looked, because this in itself increases our love for them. Knowing every detail about the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what does it do? It increases one's love. This is why someone, when he's interested in getting married or she's interested in getting married, they try to find out every single thing of the opposite spouse. 
what do they like to eat, what don't they like to eat, what do they like to wear, what type of perfume, etc, etc. And they go into so much detail. Because this increases their love for them. This increases the way that they are going to treat them. So by us knowing every detail of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is a means of increasing our love for the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as we discussed last week, part of the iman, part of our belief system as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that we love and that we honor all the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His physical appearance, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu's physical appearance, he was fair-skinned. He was tall and slender with lean flanks. He had a thin face. He had sunken eyes and he had a protruding forehead. He would also dye his hair with henna and khat. What also stands out about Abu Bakr radiallahu an is that he was quite a thin person. And how do we get this? We get this from one of the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he spoke about wearing the izar, wearing the pants above the ankles. And Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he told Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that my pants keeps on falling down. Which means that even although he tried to keep up his pants, he was thin and his pants would keep falling down and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. The next point we want to look at is a glimpse at his household. The wives and the children of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he married or he had four wives. And between these four wives, he had six children. Three males and three females. So he had three sons and three daughters. The first wife, Qatila bint Abdul Uzza ibn Abd As'ad ibn Nadir ibn Malik. She mothered, she was the mother of Abdullah. And she was the mother of Asma. And she was given the title of that An-Nitaqin. That An-Nitaqin. The second wife we're looking at was Umm Rumman bint Amir ibn Uwaymir ibn Abdashams ibn Itab. And it was said that she is Umm Rumman bint Amr ibn Umayra ibn Dhal ibn Lahman ibn Al-Harith ibn Ghanam ibn Malik ibn Kinana 
And she was the mother of Abdurrahman and Aisha. May Allah be pleased with all of them. And Abdurrahman radiyallahu an, you would hear that Aisha radiyallahu anha in few ahadith or many a time she would speak about her brother Abdurrahman. The next wife we're looking at was Asma. Bint Umais, Ibn Ma'ad, Ibn Taym, Ibn Al-Harith, Ibn Ka'ab, Ibn Malik, Ibn Quhafa. And she bore, or she was the mother of Muhammad Ibn Abi Bakr. And the last wife was Habiba, Bint Kharijah. Ibn Zayd, Ibn Abi Zuhair from the Banu Al-Harith, Ibn Al-Khazraj tribe. And she conceived a child towards the end of the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. And only after the death of Abu Bakr radiallahu an was this child born. And the child was Um Kulthum bint Abi Bakr. So this was the four wives of Abu Bakr radiallahu an and the six children of Abu Bakr radiallahu an, three males and three females. The next important point that we need to understand and that, that we need to look at with regards to the life of Abu Bakr radiallahu an is his embracing of Islam. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu an he joined the caravan of Islam in the very beginning. When there were hardly any Muslims, when Islam was still strange, when Islam was seen as a foreign ideology when the Quraysh they never took Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam serious and Abu Bakr radiallahu an's Islam was a, was a result of a long religious journey over discussions about the true religion and here my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam we can draw an important lesson. And this lesson is that many of us, Alhamdulillah, we were born into Muslim homes. Our parents were Muslim, our grandparents were Muslim. And for this reason, at times we take Islam for granted. We may be not that practicing Muslims. We may be not religious Muslims per se. Yes, we Muhammad and we Imran and we Aisha and we Fatima, Alhamdulillah. But... We have certain Islamic practices in us and certain things we don't do. But then comes along someone that was searching for Islam. And maybe he was born into a Christian family, a Jewish family, an atheist family, whatever family he was born into. And what happens to this person? Many times there's a life-changing 
incident. Something happens in their life and they change. And this change brings them to the reality and it brings them to the realization that Islam is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should pray and we should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we were born into this deen of Islam. Even though many of us, we might not be entirely practicing Muslims, but this is a blessing. Because who knows, had we not been born into a religious family, into an Islamic family, if we would have embraced Islam and Allah knows best. So Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he was in search of the truth. And Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he was this type of person that he never prostrated to an idol ever. And many of the companions, as you will see afterwards, you will find that before they embraced Islam, they were maybe involved in the practices that the Quraysh were doing. Whether it was idol worshipping, whether it was drinking of alcohol, whether it was zina, whatever it might be, but before they embraced Islam, they might have been involved in certain of these actions. But Abu Bakr radiallahu an. He says that after I reached puberty, Abu Kuhafa, yani this was his father, he took me by my hand to a chamber filled with idols. And he told me, these are your gods, most honorable and eminent. So his father is telling him, you know, Abu Bakr, this is your gods. You need to worship them. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu says that he left me alone and he went on his way. Once he left, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu says, I went close to an idol and I said, I am hungry, so feed me. So he goes to the idol and he starts speaking to the idol. He says, you know, idol, I am hungry, so feed me. And obviously the idol does not respond. Then he said that I am naked, so clothe me. But again, the idol does not respond. So I threw a rock on it and it fell on its face. So here we find that Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he goes because his father leaves him. And once his father leaves him in a room with idols, similarly to what Nabi Ibrahim did, when he asked the idol, is there any benefit in you? Is there any harm in you? And the answer is no. And this also reminds us that this is what Islam is all about. Islam is about Tawheed. It is about worshipping one Allah and one Allah alone. And dedicating all acts of worship. Whether it's slaughtering, whether it's dua, whether it's salah, whether it's my fasting, whether it's my hajj, only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next point that we want to look at is Abu Bakr radiallahu an 
been the first male to embrace Islam. Ibn Kathir radiyallahu an, he mentions and he says that Ali radiyallahu an was the first child to embrace Islam before reaching the age of puberty. The first female to embrace Islam was Khadija radiyallahu anha. The first free male to embrace Islam was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu an. The first freed slave to enter into Islam was Zayd ibn Haritha radiyallahu an. May Allah be pleased with all of them. Some of the virtues of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu an. He reported that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was delivering a speech one day, a sermon, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said, Allah azza wa jal gave a choice to one of his slaves either to choose this world or what is with him in the year after. He chose the latter. Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he started to weep. And I said to myself, why is he weeping? If Allah gave choice to one of his slaves to either choose this dunya or to choose the life after, yani meaning to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he chose the latter, why would you be sad? If Allah gave us a choice, Imagine, Allah says that, leave this world. You have a choice, you can either be on this dunya or you can be with me. Being with me means that you are going to be in Jannah. So he gets a bit confused. Why is he crying? And that slave was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger was given a choice. You can either stay on this dunya, ya Rasulallah, or you can... Come and leave this world and you can be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, we need to understand that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he had more knowledge. And this is Sa'id al-Khudri saying this himself. Again, a praise for Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. That he says that Abu Bakr knew more than us. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he speaks to Abu Bakr. And he says, Ya Abu Bakr, do not weep, do not cry. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he added, and he said, Abu Bakr has favored me with his property. He has favored me with his company. If I were to take a khalil from mankind, if I were to take a bosom friend, if I was to take a close friend, I would certainly have taken Abu Bakr as a close friend, as a Khalil. But the Islamic brotherhood and friendship is sufficient. Close all the gates in the mosque, meaning in Masjid al-Nabawi, except the gate of Abu Bakr. So Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he praises Abu Bakr radiyallahu an by saying that he sacrificed and he favored me with his wealth. 
with his properties. And he favored me with his company. Had I chosen a friend, if I were to be able to take a friend from the human beings, then I would have taken a Khalil, and this Khalil would have been Abu Bakr. But lo and behold, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the bond of Ukhuwa, of Islamic brotherhood, and the bond of our friendship, this is sufficient. That there is no need for me to take Abu Bakr as a Khalil. So why bring this hadith? Because this hadith shows us and teaches us the importance and the virtues of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. The next narration that I would like to look at, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is sitting with his companions and many narrations say this was in the morning. After Fajr Salah. Who amongst you is observing the fast today? Abu Bakr radiallahu an. He says that it is me. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He asked, who amongst you followed a funeral? Abu Bakr radiallahu an said, it's me. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked again, who of you gave food to the needy today? Abu Bakr radiallahu an said, it was me. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, who visited the sick? Abu Bakr radiallahu an said that it was me. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, he must enter paradise, who combines in himself all of these noble qualities and virtues. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, imagine, the day has not even started. Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he's fasting. He witnessed a janazah. He gave food to the needy. He visited the sick. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, that whosoever combines himself with all these qualities and noble deeds, he will enter jannah. The hadith mentioning the ten, this in itself is a virtue that Abu Bakr radiallahu an, along with the other nine that the Prophet peace be upon him mentioned that they will enter Jannah. And now again the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling Abu Bakr radiallahu an that you will enter Jannah. Abu Bakr radiallahu an was the most beloved to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amr ibn Aas, he reported that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger sent him in command of the army dispatched to that al-Salasil. When Amr ibn Aas came back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Who amongst the people are dearest to you? He said, Aisha radiallahu anha. Amr ibn Aas, he asked, Ya Rasulullah, who amongst the men, who amongst the men are the most beloved to you? He said, her father, meaning Abu Bakr radiallahu an. I then asked, and who after him? He said, Umar radiallahu an. 
And then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned a few other companions. This hadith is found in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. Imam An-Nawawi rahimahullahu ta'ala the famous Shafi'i scholar and the Imam that wrote the explanation of Sahih al-Muslim. He says that this hadith is clear regarding the virtue of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, the virtue of Umar radiyallahu an, and the virtue of Aisha radiyallahu anha. And this is clear proof according to Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is the most virtuous, and then Umar radiyallahu an, and then the rest of the companions. Based on the hadith, that he says, and out of the men, that is Abu Bakr, and then Umar. So from this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we take an important lesson home. That Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is the most beloved to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Showing how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam trusted Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. Showing us how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam loved Abu Bakr radiyallahu an and he trusted Abu Bakr with his life. There's a time in history where the Muslims were going through so much difficulty, they were going through so much hardship, that there was no food in Mecca for them. There was no drink in Mecca for them. Years before this, some of the companions, the daughters of Rasulullah wasallam, one or two of them, they had to make hijrah. Uthman radiyallahu an, along with other companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they had to leave Mecca. They had to leave the lands that they were in, the lands of Hijaz. And they had to come all the way to Africa to seek refuge. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the messenger of Allah, now it is time. That you leave Mecca to Mukarramah. That you leave the noble lands of Mecca. The land in which you were born. The land of Abu Al-Anbiya. And you move to Medina. Who does the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam take with? He takes Abu Bakr radiyallahu And obviously time does not allow us to speak entirely on the events that took place during the Hijrah. But an important lesson is that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he trusted Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, and this is why he took him with. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he clarifies this in the Quran, in Surah Tawbah, verse 40. إِلَّا تَنْصُرُوهُ فَقَدَ نَصَرَهُ اللَّهُ إِذْ أَخْرَجَهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا ثَانِيَ اثْنَيْنِ إِذْ هُمَا فِي الْغَارُ إذ يقول لصاحبه لا تحزن إن الله معنا فأنزل الله سكينته عليه وأيد وأيده بجنود لم تروها وجعل كلمة الذين كفروا السفلى وكلمة الله هي عليا والله عزيز حكيم الله سبحانه وتعالى يسيز 
that if you do not aid the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah has already aided him. When those who disbelieved, they drove Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam out of Makkah. As one of the two when they were in the cave. So this proves that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an was in the cave with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said to his companion, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to his sahib, If you have an enemy... If someone is a munafiq, if someone is a hypocrite, are you going to call him your sahib? Are you going to call him your friend? And this is an explanation that some of the deviant sects give. The people of Ahlu Bida and Ahlu Zayl, they say that Abu Bakr radiallahu an, yes, he went with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on hijrah. When no one else joined the Prophet ﷺ, he was with. Why was he with? He was with so that he could see the Prophet ﷺ's movements. So he could see what he was doing. And so that he could attack Islam from within. وَنَعُوذُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carries on in the verse and he says, لَا تَحْزَنْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَنَا That do not grieve, Ya Abu Bakr. This is Allah Azza wa Jal. That being that is fawqa sab'a samawat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that, O oh Abu Bakr, do not grieve, do not be sad, for indeed Allah is with us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sent down his tranquility. He sent down the tranquility and he supported them with angels that you do not see. And he made the word of those who disbelieved the lowest. Whilst the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the highest. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is exalted. He is in might and he is the most wise. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. This was just one or two incidents that speaks about the virtues and the greatness of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. The next important point that we would like to look at is proof from the Quran and the Sunnah that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an that he would be the first Khalifa of Islam after the death of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions in Surah Al-Fatiha that we read a minimum of 17 times a day. اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ That guide us to the straight path. This is a dua that each and everyone should be making. Never for a moment feel that I am guided, alhamdulillah, I am Muslim, I was born Muslim, or I embraced Islam and this is it. No. We have seen people deviate from this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have seen people that studied the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they have deviated. And this is why Sheikh bin Baz rahimallahu ta'ala was asked this question. Why is it that certain people, they were on the haqq, they were on the truth and they deviated? And the Sheikh, he answered and he says that 
they did not ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely for guidance. Ya muqallib al-kulub, thabbit kulubana ala deenik. O changer of hearts, make keep our hearts firm on this deen of yours. And again, every day we recite, Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqim, guide us to the straight path. Sirat al-ladhina an'amta alayhim. The way of those whom you have bestowed your grace. The next question that comes to mind, who are these people? And again we see the beauty of the Quran. That in many places of the Quran, Quran explains itself. Yani at-tafsir, tafsir al-Quran bil-Quran. That the Quran it explains itself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions and he reminds us in Surah An-Nisa verse 69 and verse 70. وَمَن Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He explains who is this people on the straight path Who are they? They are those who obey Allah and the messenger Obedience to Allah azza wa jal It has to include obedience to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And obedience to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is by following the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then they will be in the company of those whom Allah has bestowed His grace. Who are they? They are the prophets. All the anbiya, including Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the siddiqun. And who is the as-siddiq? Who is the siddiqun? She's referring to Abu Bakr radiyallahu anh. and the martyrs. Referring to Umar. Referring to Ali radiyallahu anh. Referring to Uthman radiyallahu anh. To everyone else that has been martyred for this deen of Allah. And the salihin and the righteous. And how excellent these companions are. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet peace be upon him is standing on Mount Uhud and with him is Abu Bakr radiyallahu an and Umar radiyallahu an. And the mountain is shaking a bit. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, O mountain of Uhud, do not shake. Because indeed on you is standing a Prophet and a Siddiq. Yani Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. And the Shuhada Umar and Uthman radiyallahu an. The next ayah, and we discussed this, so we won't go into too much detail again, but the ayah of the cave proves that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an will be the next Khalifa at the demise or after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From the Sunnah, 
we find at the end of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he became extremely ill. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he was suffering from illness. And Bilal radiallahu an, he rendered the call of salah. Meaning he made the adhan. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says, Muru Abu Bakr. He says, he ordered and instruct Abu Bakr radiyallahu an to lead the people in salah. He did not call Ali radiyallahu an. He did not call Uthman radiyallahu an. He did not call Talha. He did not call Zubair. But he said that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is going to lead the salah. That he needs to lead the salah. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we know that Salah is the pillar after the Shahadatain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many places in the Quran He explains the importance of Salah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said Al-ahdu alladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salah Faman tarakaha faqad kafara Afwan The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said That the contract The act between us and them, meaning the kuffar, the non-believers, is salah. This is the difference between us and them. فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرَ That whomsoever left off the salah has become a disbeliever. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, that whomsoever does not make salah, whomsoever does not pray, the five times daily prayer of salah, he will be resurrected with Fir'aun and Haman on the day of Qiyamah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he emphasized the importance of salah. Such an important act that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was the Amir of the Muslims, would always lead the people in salah. But when he could not lead the people in salah, who does he instruct? He instructs Abu Bakr radiallahu an. This in itself is proof that Abu Bakr radiallahu an was going to be the Khalifa after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Aisha radiyallahu anha, she says, O oh Messenger of Allah, Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is an extremely emotional person. When he assumes the position of Imam, he will not be able to recite for the people because he will cry so much. So why don't you appoint Umar radiallahu an? Now here we need to understand something. Aisha radiallahu an, the wife of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. She's telling this Prophet, peace be upon him, that my father, I know him. He's an extremely emotional person. He's going to cry and he's going to cry when he recites the Quran. Why don't you rather appoint Umar, who is a bit more stronger? The Prophet, peace be upon him, he repeated and he said that instruct Abu Bakr to lead the people in Salah. I said to Hafsa, tell him that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, this is Aisha radiallahu anhu, tell the Prophet, peace be upon him, that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is a soft person. And when he stands... 
at your place, meaning when he stands and he leads the people in salah, he will not be able to recite in front of the people, so appoint Umar. So she told him upon which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that you are certainly like the woman of Yusuf and instruct Abu Bakr radiyallahu an to lead the people in salah. Thus Abu Bakr radiyallahu an he led the people in salah. When he began the salah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he gained some strength, he became he became better so he got up and was taken with the support of two men while his feet was dragging on the ground as he entered the masjid Abu Bakr radiyallahu and heard his sound so he receded this hadith is muttafaqun alayh it was narrated from Muhammad ibn Jubair ibn Mut'im that his father said a woman came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he told her to come back later. So we need to picture this hadith. A lady she comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she speaks to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but before she could narrate a story the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he tells her to come back. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, most likely is busy with something and she's told to come back. She says, what if I come back and I do not find you? As if she was referring to the death of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many of the ulama, they explain that this was towards the end of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he said that if you do not find me, then go to Abu Bakr. Again, if you do not find me, then go to Abu Bakr. So this shows you, this shows you, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the status and the makana of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an. This hadith is found in Bukhari. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he could have said, go to any other companion. But he says, go to Abu Bakr radiallahu This in itself teaches us as an ummah that Abu Bakr radiallahu was going to be the first khalifa at the demise or after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Some of the scholars, they have deduced and this is a worthy deduction that from these narrations and other narrations that they were strong hints to the Khilafah of Abu Bakr radiallahu And immediately after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Medina was going through a rough period. Now imagine Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has passed on. The likes of Umar ibn Khattab, he couldn't accept this. That he said that the Prophet ﷺ, this is like Nabi Musa, when he went away for 40 days, he will return. Some narration says that Umar said that whosoever says Muhammad ﷺ has passed away, 
I will chop his neck. This was Umar radiallahu an. And this was what the Sahaba were going through at the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And what does it take? At a time of desperation, at the time of trials and tribulations, it takes a true leader to stand up. And this was in the leadership of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu an. That he ascended the mimba. And he famously gave the famous speech in which he said, Man kana ya'budu Muhammad, fa'inna Muhammad qadamat, wa man kana ya'budu Allah, fa'inna Allah hayyun la yamut. That he said that whomsoever worship Muhammad, know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has passed away. But whomsoever worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the forever living and he will never die. وَحَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتٌ So this shows you the leadership and the qualities of Abu Bakr radiallahu The first consensus of this ummah, the first ijma of this ummah, after the death of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as is noted by the ulama of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, was the consensus and the ijma between the Muhajirun and the Ansar when they met at Saqifa of Banu Sa'ida, that Abu Bakr is going to be the first Khalifa of Islam. Two main events that took place in the leadership of Abu Bakr in the Khalifa of Abu Bakr number one was the war against Ashabu Ridda those people that apostatized from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the second major event that took place in the time of Abu Bakr radiallahu an's leadership was Jam'ul Qur'an, was the compilation of the glorious Qur'an in one single Mus'haf. So these two events were of the major events that took place during the life or during the leadership of one of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. The demise of Abu Bakr radiallahu an May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower him with his choicest blessings. He passed away on a Monday, eight nights before the end of Jamadul Akhira, 13 years after the hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His khilafah lasted for two years and three months and ten days. There are variation between a few months and a few days and Allah knows best. Some says two years and four months and less than four days etc. Allah knows best. But he passed away at the age of 63. All narrations are unanimous upon this that he passed away at the age of 63 the same age as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away. Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhi bequeathed to Aisha radiyallahu anha to be buried at the side of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam after his demise a grave was dug in this manner and his head was in line with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's shoulders 
and up until today when you visit the mosque of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after you made your two raka'at tahiyyat to masjid after you spent time making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you go and you'd greet the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam send salutations upon him and then you would send salutations on his ashab and next to him is Abu Bakr radiyallahu an and next to Abu Bakr radiyallahu an is Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam before we end the discussion on Abu Bakr radiyallahu an a few important points that firstly this was ikhtisar and this was a extremely brief brief explanation of the life of Abu Bakr radiyallahu an the plan of the series is to just give everyone a taste of who they were so that we can go and that we can research and we can read and that we can know who these great men and women were that surrounded Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam another important point and this is was mentioned last week it was mentioned again today and before we end once again that this is to increase our love that we have for the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and knowing them is loving them that we will see as we look at Umar radiallahu an next week as we look at Uthman as we look at Ali radiallahu an as we look at Talha as we look at Zubayr some of them would stand in the firing line to protect Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam some of them lost their arms their movement in their arms some of them lost other limbs in the protection of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is why the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaah has emphasized from the, after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that there needs to be love and honor and respect for the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.